What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Andrew Frawley, and he was the director of marketing for the Andrew Yang presidential campaign. So he joined on early on in the campaign. There was a few people, and then he was there from when they went from obscurity to really being a household name. And he walks through those points, what he learned, what they tried to do as a campaign, and really how they set up for moments of success. So if you followed the 2020 election at all, I think you're really going to enjoy this. And then if you're a marketer, there's just so many juicy takeaways from this interview that you can even take and apply to your own company, product, et cetera. But before we get into that, as always, guys, we put on this show here at Cave Social. We're a marketing agency based out of LA. We help companies grow through social. So if you need help, you want to create some new content, you want to build a community online, you want to run ads, head over to cavesocial.com, schedule a call with us. We'd love to chat. All right. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Andrew Frawley. He is the former director of marketing with the Yang 2020 campaign. He's now moved on doing some cool stuff. Andrew, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Jordan. Thanks for uh, having me on to share some things with everyone. Yeah, man. I want to jump like as much as you know, Yang 2020 became this phenomenon almost, right? And this grassroots movement that became a national movement and you utilizing social media. I want to take it back to the start. How did you get the gig? And what were you thinking? Like when you got it, right? When you sat down, were you like, okay, here are our goals? Like what were those? Like, because, and then I want to get into how it really took a life of its own and then see if there's some tactics or like those aha moments that you had. But walk me back to the start when you're like, did you see a job post on LinkedIn or like what happened? Yeah. I mean, it was all actually extremely like serendipitous and felt meant to be for me in college. I actually applied to Yang's nonprofit Venture for America. I wanted to get training from good entrepreneurs and I got rejected. So I moved to San Francisco to work in neuroscience aspirationally, but couldn't get a job. I lived in a hacker house with 50 people because I thought that was a good idea to have, you know, hackery type friends and lot, long story short, compressed. I have this big existential crisis out there. I'm wondering what to do with my life. I start thinking about like mental health and big social systems. My roommates are talking about artificial intelligence. I get really jazzed up about the two of them. And I'm on a trip to New York City. I meet Andrew Yang. You know, it's kind of crazy. That's a whole story. And we just hit it off. And he's like, hey, man, like, I got this big project coming up. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, oh, I'm going to run for president. Like, do you want to join? And I was like, what? And um, it took me three months to say yes, because I'm actually very, grew up very upset with politics, per se, very politically disenchanted. But I eventually said yes, and I just joined as the second person in 2017, December, working out of his mother's apartment, me, him, and one other person. And we didn't really have clearly defined roles. Like I was vaguely doing everything external. And we set up the campaign for launch. Like we copied the code from Bernie Sanders' website and like, you know, set it up and all that. The goals early on were like super unknown. Like we really were just going for it. I mean, total startup mentality of like just sort of launch. We had a loose idea of like four target markets, which were like, you know, techies, young people, Asian people, and supporters of UBI. And then we just went for it and like no one cared. And then we started adding some people to the team. Zach Rahman became our campaign manager. And then we got a chief of staff and there was like five of us for 4.5. There was a contractor. And for like all of 2018, we just like lived in total obscurity. 
And I took on like a more formal, like marketing manager type role. I was the only one doing marketing, but so just man of one. And I've read all the books like Ryan Holiday and Seth Godin and all sorts of those things. And, you know, literally all those books, all those business books. I was like, I'm going to hack this thing. And I lived in San Francisco. You know, I don't know how many people on this podcast may be familiar with Josh Fetcher and his growth hacking community out in SF back in those glory days. I was like in deep and I was like, I'm going to hack this thing. I'm going to blow, blow this thing wide open and save the campaign and all of humanity. And then I just like got nowhere. I mean, I literally spent 2018 working my face off 80 hours a week, just going nowhere. I mean, doing all the things, every little tiny thing that you think is going to get you an edge in marketing, you know, trading up the chain, blog posts, reposting, like, you know, commenting on other people's things, responding. I mean, literally was getting like 50 followers a week. And I was like, man, Yang's a pretty solid product and I can't sell this thing. And, you know, my self-esteem just went down very low because I was like, I'm just, I'm clearly, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. So I'll, I'll sort of like put a stamp on that because obviously, you know, there's a whole crescendo that falls that into ideas on strategy. But if you have any comments, I'm happy to put it back to you. Was there ever a point where you thought about walking away or was it just that the mission kind of outweighed it? I never thought about walking away because I ultimately was just like, okay, well, this is the only thing that makes sense for me to do with my life because I cared a lot about the mission. Working with Andrew Yang was very exciting. Even when he was a nobody, he was very, I mean, he was still who he is. So I was like, wow, this guy's incredible. So I didn't think about walking away. I was like, this is the best way I can spend my time. But yeah, there was a lot of struggles as to like, why am I not able to grow our marketing at all? And there were a lot of lessons derived from that for sure, which I I could get into, which I later realized, you know, in the sort of postmortem of the campaign, you can sort of see, you know, each stage develop. Yeah, I want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about, I guess, like the inflection point that happens in the campaign. And okay, was it like you wake up one day and holy crap, things are working and there's mentions and there's CNN and like walk me through kind of like, you know, you're trying all this stuff and now things, the growth kind of hits a hockey stick and it becomes not only about like a movement really starts to spark out of it. Yeah. Um, Walk me through that from a marketing perspective on like, okay, things are moving fast. Now we got to grow the team. Fundraising's coming in. I got to like were there more guardrails on things like commenting on blogs and stuff like that or tweets or was it, you know, was there some more process that had to go in or was it like, Hey, this is what got us here. We're going to keep going. Walk me through that whole phase, which is very reminiscent, you know, of a lot of people listening will be like, yep, startup, something happened and they had to, and politics is that on steroids. So yeah, walk me through that. So in the growth phase, I mean that there's no shortage of guardrails that started popping up and there were some very existential questions about, who we are, how do we continue to grow? I mean, political election turns out to be a marketing challenge, like one I've never conceived because you literally have to go from, well, for what we had to do, we had to go from total obscurity to total mainstream adoption. I mean, like complete total mainstream adoption. And the phases of that your product needs to go through, I mean, if you think about going from niche to like, you know, CNN mainstream, it's very challenging. And there were a lot of questions that we asked there. I mean. I think it's probably best to start with what got us there. So in 2018, when nothing was working, we were trying all the, so we, we expected people to care when he announced and no one cared and no one cared for a long time. We thought people would care and like nobody cared at all for a long time. And ultimately the strategy was like, we came out of the gate and we were doing a lot of outreach and things like that, like small outreach. Cause I was like, oh, I can just reach out to this one newspaper and they're gonna pick us up and care and then we'll get a hit and that's good. Obviously, none of that worked. Like, just nothing worked. 
So we also tried to do like a few small stunts and stuff and no one cared. And my personal strategy shifted in the fall of 2018 to being like, okay, what's very clear is nothing I can do is going to actually break this campaign out. This is purely going to be a, a game of like getting the product in like exponential settings. I mean, you know, he was getting on, you know, Bloomberg TV and a few other like TV hit pieces and things like that. And like literally nothing was happening. I mean, I couldn't believe three visitors to your website. We started to realize we were like, okay, like if you just look at the challenge that we have, you know, we have like two years to reach like 80 million people, this isn't going to work. So we have to, your set of options becomes very narrow. The options that you have to actually grow become very small. And then I ultimately realized like, how can I impact those things? And it's almost not at all. So I started just setting up all of our marketing infrastructure for the day we blew up. And our attempts to break out were like trying to get into like little political communities and things like that. But ultimately the best idea that it's unknown who really came up with it. One person on the team says I was the one, but I actually don't remember doing it. I know I advocated for it hardcore, which is podcasts. I said, this is alternative media where people like sit down, they listen to new ideas, they're open to new ideas, you know, they're underrepresented in politics, whatever. So we get on the Sam Harris podcast, and then we ultimately just become obsessed with Joe Rogan. All of 2018, the, the second half, we're like, we just need to get Yang on Joe Rogan. That's like the one KPI of the year. Because that's that or like, you know, we had a few other ideas, but we were like, that's the thing that could be the potential linchpin or catalyst to some big moment. So I probably spent 10 hours a week trying to do that to no avail. And the rest of my time was just setting up our marketing funnels because the ultimate vision was like, okay, once people show up, capture all the value. But my change in sort of marketing strategy was rather than funneling people to money and like selling per se a product, you know, AKA the donation, I was just trying to build a community because my vision was like, right now we're a candidate with zero credibility and that's why nothing works because he's a no-name guy with zero name recognition and total obscurity. So you have sort of like four options in marketing, which is like you have legacy media. If you're in obscurity, no one cares. So you just like don't get on legacy media, which is like TV shows, CNN. Your second option is advertising. And if you're nobody, you probably don't have enough money to do advertising, which was us. But even if you did, your ads don't work at all. There's a guy named John Delaney who ran for president. He ran $200 million of ads and like didn't break 1% because he had no credibility. He was just like an obscure person. I mean, he had actually been a congressman, but really bad at marketing. So then ads aren't really a good option. So we had tried a lot of stunts through 2018 and we ultimately learned that like stunts aren't really that helpful either. We even did that in 2019 when Yang went on the debate stage and was like, I'm giving away free money to everyone. And like, it didn't really do anything for us. I mean, we had a big spike of web traffic and then everyone unsubscribed for our email list. And that was it. I mean, just like no one, no one really cared. You know, it's so interesting, right? Like, I think you're speaking to something that was so, that you guys did really well, but like, instead of, hey, vote for me, I'm XYZ candidate, it was join my community, be part of the movement. So it became an identity marker for voters of like, I'm in the Yang gang. Like, yeah. this is what I believe in, right? Also, when you look at things like, I love this idea of setting up for the big moment, right? If you go back and watch, watch like any action movie or watch Rocky, right? Just, just <laughs> as a tan they spend Rocky's a, why do we care about him winning the fights at the end? Yeah. It's just the old man fighting, right? But the thing is, they set up that movie. The first three quarters of the movie is him like being nice to people, fostering kids, like helping everybody out, like fighting cancer. Like all of this craziness happens so that you give a shit when the fight happens. And I say that, but I boil it down because it's such a 
it's a movie it's ridiculous right but oh, it's like no it's, it speaks to this human being of oh i can't just go spend 200 million if nobody knows or nobody cares nobody's attached to my movement yeah you know so i think that when the way our brains are wired is when we are able to sit and hear Andrew speak on these podcasts at length and experience and he's drawing ties back to the community and talking about the impact that it's going to have on truckers and like, okay, now I'm starting to have this emotional connection. So when these other moments happen or, you know, Joe Rogan finally hits after Sam Harris and what have you, I'm like, okay, now I'm rooting for this guy. Yeah, And I think that is so it's understood, but understated, I think in marketing, you know, I definitely agree. I mean, the, so the, so that's sort of like how we got to podcasts, which was like legacy media would never work. Ads didn't work. Stunts weren't working then and never did actually. And then the fourth one is like alternative media. And so that's where I tried getting us into all sorts of alternative media. Like I tried getting us posting on LinkedIn, like the LinkedIn bros, if you remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bros meaning D-R-O-S-E. You know, uh, I don't know if anyone ever saw it. Okay, whatever. You know, I tried getting us onto uh, Quora. And podcast was the one that I also was like, well, this is, I was like, this is going to be the one, but the ultimate idea here was like, okay, so we have those sort of methods of having any chance at breaking out. But the whole idea that I had was like the day we break out, you know, the podcast isn't going to get him credibility. What will is having like a community that can yell and scream and real people. And so like with any like startup sort of approach, like we had our, you know, adoption curve. You know, our niche early adopters were the four audiences I, I mentioned. In my view was like, okay, once this podcast happens, once we get this big hit, I'm going to funnel everyone into a community in one place. And I like to call this a house party analogy, which is like, if you have an empty house, if you're throwing a house party, you have an empty house and people start showing up, your first like five or 10 people there are super valuable. Because like, if you're like a loser and you're trying to throw a party, and you somehow get 10 people in there. They have to have a great time. And most importantly, you also have the ability to determine what the, like the mood of the party is. Like you can sit there and you can pull out a tequila bottle and like yell shots and like that sets a tone. So, you know, what I did is like, ultimately, obviously, Yang gets on Joe Rogan, all these people start funneling in and I shuffle everyone to a Facebook group and our Reddit groups and like a Twitter community. And I literally sat in those groups and I set the culture, which was like, okay, guys, like I would literally go on there and be like, here's a list of like, reddit blogs to go like dominate here's a list of like journalists who are like not putting yang out in their articles and it set this culture of like oh what we do is like we attack like we go online and we like spread information and i would like get on yang's facebook and i would go in there and be like hey guys like love the work you're doing like let's let's keep fighting online you know it really set this already online audience to adopt this sort of like weaponized presence online and so i was like that's what's going to win us Credibility and truly, it really did happen. I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like this gets the original question that you had, which was like, so what happens when you blow up? Once all that happened, I personally did not feel like responsible for it, even though I, I you know, had sat there manifesting this strategy for like six to nine months. There's sort of this like doubt that still lived within me from 2018 when you know I was like failing, where I was like, no, no, no. You just like no, probably wasn't me. You keep doing those things but you continue to have this doubt. And I mean, there's a story related to that, but I don't know if we'll have time for it. To speak specifically to the question that you had asked of like, what happens when you do scale up, which is, well, once Yang did blow up, because eventually he got on Joe Rogan and the way he got on Joe Rogan, which was Sam Harris just hit up Joe Rogan was like, hey, you should have this guy on. But that took six months of the Sam Harris podcast audience 
loving Yang so much that I guess they like got Sam Harris to do it or something. So then we go on Joe Rogan and then we did actually blow up overnight and we went from raising $20,000 a month to raising about a million dollars a month immediately. I mean, it was insane. And we went from about 10 people on staff to 300 in about four months. And it was without a doubt the hardest time of my, of my life. Um, you know, one of the things in startups and entrepreneurship is you always prepare your infrastructure to scale on the outside. So I was like totally readying everything to like make sure we got all the value of everyone who showed up. But I spent zero time preparing for what it meant to hire 15 people on a marketing team. I think everyone internally <laughs> was not ready for that. And so it became a shit show a little bit. I mean, just scaling that fast is very crazy. We figured it out by the fall, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a little crazy. No, definitely. Those are those moments, right? Where you're like, okay, I, it's your point, right? We've built out this funnel. I've really conceptualized this when people come, but I haven't thought about how I'm going to manage folks and what's going to happen when there's infighting amongst people below and how do we handle that and what's like there's all these other infrastructural things that you have to take care of that are like they're it's mental power and when you're already to your point you're out there you're fighting and you're like okay we're a challenger candidate we're trying to get more and more market share you know more more eyeballs more voters etc and it's like if everyone's not rowing in the same direction it can be and it's like okay i gotta go correct that quickly to make sure that we can get back on course i i love that though this idea of preparing for the moment. And then also something that I think anyone listening can really benefit from. You had one KPI, get on Joe Rogan. Doesn't matter how it happens. If it's via cold outreach or if it's his buddy texting him being like, hey, come on this show. That to me is like, I, I because I think we can get drowned out in KPIs a lot of times in like what's, and then it starts to become what KPI is the team focusing on? What's important? What's not? Where are we like, what's our digital coverage like in this suburb of Iowa, blah, blah, blah. And it starts to get so granular to that, which is, there's a time and place for it. But it's also like, what massive swings and wins can we have that will exponentially grow us? Right. And give us a chance. And then, you know, your job is just giving the product a chance as a marketer, right? Get it out in front of people. And then Yang's got to go kill it on the show. And then, you know, it's like all of that stuff where it's like, okay. But I love this idea of like prepare for the moment, have this really like these champion kind of like metrics or things you're going after from a project standpoint. And then I think coming back to like the start of it really is like find things you're aligned with. Right. And then it makes it that much harder to go forward and market them. So I really enjoyed this. Andrew, before I let you go, let people know, where can they follow along with your journey or follow you online, learn more? Yeah, well, my website is andrewfrawley.com and my Twitter is tweet at Andrew. Those are where I'm most active right now, which is semi-active. I was planning to spend the summer writing as I'm looking to transition my career into policy around psychology and government and like how we can have more psychologically informed social systems. But right now I'm just studying so much that I'm actually not writing. I realized I needed to do some of that before I really started writing all my crazy ideas out in public. (laughs) No, that's fair. Awesome. I will put links to both of those in the show notes page so you all can go down, click, get that. Andrew, thanks again for coming on the show today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. I'll catch you next time. Um,